Well, another domino has fallen when it comes to the IndyCar silly season. Welcome to the IndyCar Show, Burnout Sports and BurnoutSports.com. Thank you so much for listening, following along, liking, and subscribing on all of our social media channels as well. We'll discuss a little bit of the upcoming weekend in Charlotte on the Roval. It has plenty of IndyCar flavor to it. Uh, but let's get right to it. Santino Ferrucci, full-time next year, 2023 for AJ Foyt Racing. You know, a little bit surprised. Look, we knew that Santino was wanting to get back into IndyCar full-time. He had kind of developed himself as the super sub here over the last year or so. He's been incredible at the Indianapolis 500. He ran very well in that second car for Dryan Reinbold Racing uh, back in May under the tutorage of, of Buddy Rice. We know he's an aggressive driver. He's fun. He's a great interview. I've had multiple interviews with him this year alone, three or four, I think, this year. Um, and I think IndyCar is a better, more competitive field when Santino Ferrucci is in it. I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, well, he was such a bad teammate overseas. I don't care. Don't care about that. Um, I've talked to people that have worked with him. I've talked to teammates, and nobody has a bad word to say about Santino Ferrucci. So welcome back to Santino, who has spent a lot of time running Xfinity. We know that he ran Texas this year, filling in for Jack Harvey. Then, obviously, the Indianapolis 500, where he ran well. I think he was up to second at one point. Certainly, he was up to third at one point during that race. And and now, maybe we'll get to see that screaming Sicilian all-black mat car on that 14 throughout the entire year. Uh, had a great conversation with him back in June. If you remember, he filled in for Colum Eilat, who was injured at the Indianapolis 500 and did not race the following week at Detroit. So, um, got a hold of Santino and... He's like, yeah, I'm driving up to Detroit, man. It's my two dogs. I'll just pull over and we'll talk. So uh, looking forward to seeing what he can do in that 14 that was vacated by Kyle Kirkwood, who, as we know, is going to Andretti Autosport. And, and here's what I'll say, and it's kind of what I said about Kyle Kirkwood heading into the 2022 season, is the, the, the talent that the driver has inside of that car is a lot more than what that car possibly has. And that sometimes leads to mistakes, overdriving, pushing too hard to try to get to, you know, a better result. But I think Santino's going to run well. I think this is really honestly the first time that since probably was it the 2018 Indianapolis 500, you can say that Foyt could contend at the Indianapolis 500. I mean, if you think about it, 2018 when they had Tony Kanaan had a pretty good run. I think he led some laps before crashing out. That was really their best chance um, in a long time. I mean, obviously, there was a couple other decent runs at the 500 and the 2010s. But, I mean, this is a team that hasn't won a race. It's Takuma Sato back in 2012 at Long Beach. And I think before that, you have to go back to Ayrton Dare at Kansas, which I believe was 2004, if not mistaken. So, I'm not saying that Santino Ferrucci is going to be the, the say-all, be-all, and the savior of AJ Foyt Racing, but... He will be in that 14 car. I think he'll be able to help out a guy like Benjamin Peterson, who was who's a rookie, as we know, was announced last week to drive the car number that we are not sure of. Um, Ferrucci was announced in the 14. Peterson was not announced to a car number. So what does that mean for the remainder of, one, silly season, and two, the remainder of Foyt? There has been some rumblings of Stingray Rob having some money possibly wanting to move up to IndyCar with that money and, and, and run a partial schedule as compared to running another season of Indy Lights, which, you know, Indy Lights seats are starting to fill up. We know that 
Christian Rasmussen will be running for now the HMD Motorsports Group, which is not a shock. He went to Andretti, won two races, showed that he belongs, um, but that, that scholarship money is no longer there because he didn't win the Indy Lights Championship. So um, him and HMD got a, got a nice little deal going there and part of their, like, what, nine-car effort. I mean, they're a little bit more than, than what Zach Brown was promising. But um, So congratulations to Christian Rasmussen as well for moving over to the championship team that we just saw won the championship. Back to IndyCar we go. I still think we see... Uh, some form of fashion of Dalton Kellett in the four car. Now, is that a split effort with somebody like Benjamin Peterson? Maybe. Is there a third car at Indy for J.R. Hildebrand? Does Stingray Rob have some money to run races? Maybe the road and street courses, and then J.R. Hildebrand would run on the ovals. Um, you know, is Foyt willing to split those two rides? Let's call it the four and the 11 car. Are they willing to split those? If Dalton Kellett has the full-time budget, I think you take that and put him full-time in the four. And then you say, okay, we've got Benjamin Peterson who's going to run the road and street courses. And then we've got J.R. Hildebrand that could run the ovals. The problem with that is is if, if you're Benjamin Peterson moving up, you want to run the Indianapolis 500. So um, it would be interesting to see if Foyt does indeed go to four cars. Is maybe J.R. Hildebrand out of the fold? Does that maybe allow Hildebrand to now go to Dreyer and Reinbold racing? Because, look, with Santino Ferrucci moving on full-time to Foyt, that opens up that spot with Dreyer and Reinbold racing in that 23 car if they continue to run Sage Karam in the 24, which I think that they will. And then they have that second car. So does that become a target for J.R. Hildebrand to land back? Does that become a target for Stingray Rob to take his money and say, hey, can we run three to four races being the Indianapolis 500? Is it a landing spot for Kyle Busch? I think that's probably a bit of a stretch. But still, um, basically to my point here is we still have a lot of questions that are left to be answered in the offseason when it comes to full-time rides. And then there's a lot of questions on whether they'll be full-slash-part-time rides for the season. And then there's questions of whether or not and who we will see at the Indianapolis 500. So this does open up that spot at Dry and Reinbold racing the 23 car. As long as funding comes, and I, I believe that it would, uh, I, I can't see a reason why Dennis Reinbold and that group wouldn't want to run a second car at the Indianapolis 500. Both cars, albeit a, a wacky qualifying performance. You know, you remember Sage Karam went out right after that rain delay and was one of like two drivers to qualify, and it kind of lost him some positions because he was in line when the rain came out. But I think the two-car effort at Dry and Reinbold was something that was necessary and is good for their progress, their momentum, and their ultimate results, which is, I think, what we saw in the two competitive races that they had, or the two competitive cars that they had at the Indianapolis 500. So assuming Sage Karam comes back, I think you could see that 23 car. Maybe it's a J.R. Hildebrand. Maybe it's a Stingray Rob with money. Now another question that has came up, and it's probably the most talked about and, and, and was kind of, I would say, falsely reported. And, 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 I, and I mentioned this. All the, all the rumbling started happening when Kyle Busch, at his interview, for his announcement to go to Richard Childress Racing, who remember back in the early, early 2000s, helped field a car for Robbie Gordon to run the double. And Kyle Busch said, yes, I can run it. Chevy teams call me. And then all of a sudden it was, okay, well, McLaren's going to have a fourth car, supposedly. More than likely it won't be Montoya. You know, that's a perfect spot for Kyle Busch. I immediately tweeted, I said, I think the best chance that he would have would be to go 
and run for Ed Carpenter Racing. And you look at how competitive Ed Carpenter's cars are. It seems there's been really good funding there with the BitNile Group. You allow Kyle to come over. You can sell some sponsorship, maybe Rowdy Energy on the side of the car, and he runs the double. And the pomp and circumstances that you would have and, and the media presence on your brand as Ed Carpenter Racing um, can continue to help that team grow. Because teams can, I mean, yes, they're 10 years into the league, but you continue to grow as an IndyCar team, and I think that that would bring a lot of camaraderie. And I, I think I mentioned this, too, on Twitter. Ed Carpenter and Kyle Busch, if not mistaken, either share the same agent or whoever sells sponsorships for for Kyle Busch has also sold. There, there's definitely a connection there. I'm not exactly sure how it is. So could that partnership possibly form? Does that maybe move a guy like Tony Kanaan, who has been running with Chip Ganassi Racing and finished third in last year's Indianapolis 500. Does he move over to that maybe fourth car at Aero McLaren SP? Does that maybe say that we have seen the last of Juan Pablo Montoya, who not only this year and last year ran the Indianapolis 500 for McLaren, he also ran that road course race. So is that something that maybe Tony Kanaan uh, moves over to? I think that Ganassi wants to keep Tony Kanaan, and it just really depends on uh, if the funding's there, I know he's got Bryant and the American Legion is, I think, something that him and Johnson were partnered with. I don't know exactly who brought that sponsorship originally. And then there's the rumors of maybe keep Kimi Raikkonen coming over to IndyCar. And if that was going to happen, I think there's only one way that, that happens is if Chip Ganassi pulls out that car, that 48 car for him on the road in street courses and leaves Jimmy in there on the ovals, which is certainly possible. But the Kimi situation, I certainly will wait and see, and I will believe it. When I see it, so a lot of rumblings, a lot of things moving on, a lot of a lot of still answers that we are looking for when it comes to the IndyCar silly season here. And we'll have you covered on Burnout Sports, BurnoutSports.com podcast video. Um, we'll have plenty of articles. As we know, Indy, IndyCar has some flavor this weekend at the Roval in Charlotte. You'll have Sage Karam, James Davison, who have made starts before in the Xfinity Series, but you'll also have Connor Daly running for the TMT, the money team, with, with Floyd Mayweather in that number 50 bit Nile car. Uh, he'll make his first ever cup start on the Roval. Somebody asked, you know, what are your realistic expectations for Connor, who only has a few truck starts on ovals and one Xfinity Series start that came at Road America a few years back? And I, I, I say this, uh, you know, to me, it's one of those things where I think Connor needs to go and learn what he can Stay clean, which is hard to do. But it seems on these road and slash roval courses for the Cup Series, it's it's almost a war of attrition, right? It's almost a war of can you just get to the end? And I mean, if you just finish the race and you finish on a lead lap, you're probably going to gain plenty of positions because it, usually these races end up having, what, 15, 16 drivers that do not finish. So I think for Connor, it's just to finish all the laps, um, not get in anybody's way as far as, disrupting the championship playoff push here as we get closer to the the season finale and, and crowning a champion next month. Uh, but it's also to have fun, be fast, and see what you can do. Marco Andretti's going to run the Xfinity race. That should be a lot of fun. I think he's going to be competitive in that car. That's a car that's been pretty good on the road and street courses, that, for, or that 48 team. I guess they're just road courses for Xfinity, my bad. But, you know, it would be interesting to see what, what, what Marco Andretti can do, and I'm sure there will be a spotlight on him with the Andretti name and his first career Xfinity start. So um, certainly a lot to look forward to this weekend, especially if you're not the biggest of NASCAR fans, but you do have a huge um, passion or, or, you, or you do enjoy watching some of these uh, IndyCar drivers move over to a different discipline. So that should be a lot of fun to check out. So looking forward 
to that. Went to Anderson Speedway on Thursday night for the 500 Sprint Car Tour. And a lot of people have asked, well, what is the difference between 500 Sprint Car Tour and the USAC Silver Crown Series? And there's really not much difference. And honestly, it's the same drivers and really the same cars. I was told USAC doesn't really mess with the pavement stuff as much. That's not really what they thought was their niche or their cup of tea, um, despite the fact that they do still have Silver Crown. So this is a series that has kind of been in the works uh, a few different times over the last 10 years. And you've got some really good drivers. I've never been to Anderson Speedway. So first and foremost, use the outdoor bathroom that is just um, three 100-foot-long concrete walls with a trough, basically, with no running water. That's always interesting to to uh, to see. But a high bank track, super fast, super fun. Not a lot of passing last night, unfortunately. But just a, a cool experience. I, I do enjoy checking out new racetracks. I do love sprint car racing, whether it's Midgets, Silver Crown, um, you know, just just a lot of fun to watch those races and how competitive those are. And, and, and those guys are, are the ultimate badasses. Those guys are those guys are drivers that, you know, are racing on Wednesday, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday nights. And then and, and, and they're on the road from from here to Anderson to Terre Haute to Kokomo to wherever that they go throughout the United States. So um, there's another race coming up for the 500 Sprint Car Series that'll end their season with Cody Swanson. Dakota Armstrong, Bobby Santos, Kyle O'Gara, some of these guys that you've probably – Taylor Ferns is a, is a great talent. She's got a ride for 2023. She qualified second on Thursday night, ended up starting ninth because they invert the top ten. Uh, Bobby Santos won the race, but a great night at Anderson Speedway. And then October 22nd, they wrap up their season from Lucas Oil Raceway out in Claremont. So I'll be there. Be sure to check that out. Put that on your calendar. It's a, it's a great race. It's a fun race from – IRP and uh, if you can if you can get out there and you can um, check out some racing be sure to do so hopefully the weather is is nice it was a super nice night out in Anderson on Thursday night all right the Indy boys will have you covered they got some NASCAR stuff coming up this weekend we'll look ahead at maybe some bets as well on burnout bets be sure to follow all of our channels I'm Tony Donahue thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll keep you updated here as the rumor mill in the IndyCar silly season 2022 continues to churn